Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Call on Demand's Answer Show every Tuesday and Friday. Do not forget, if you have not already, subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform. Also, follow me at Call on Demand's on social media for updates on the Call on Demand's Answer Show. This includes giveaways, prizes, behind the scenes, how to be a guest, and more. Other than that, thank you for tuning into episode 29 with Advice for Artists or Austin Kaiser. Please enjoy. All right, well, it's good to meet you. Thank you for doing this. Um, I know it's been like, it's obviously a weird time for everyone and everything, but it's cool that something like social media can just reach out to you and actually get you here. So thank you for being here first and foremost. Of course, agreed. Um, and then just, uh, just to start it off, uh, just introduce yourself. You know, what do you do? Like, obviously, I know your page is Advice for Artists. Go check them out on Instagram, obviously, anyone listening. Um, just give me a little rundown. I know uh, I saw one of your posts about feel free to be free or feel free to, f- to feel free, right? And then um, putting wings on ideas, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just give like a little rundown of what those yeah. are. But to start off, just, you know, introduce yourself. Tell me a little about yourself. My name is Austin, Austin Kaiser. I'm a writer. I write about art and artists and the creative process. I like to, whether it's music or movies or books, all that stuff is in my wheelhouse. That's, that stuff is the best. And yeah, I have an Instagram page called at advice for artists. You follow it, you can get advice for artists. We discuss the creative process and we'll talk about different artists, throughout history, what have they accomplished? And yeah, I have two books for sale. One is called Feel Free to Feel Free, and the other is Putting Wings on Ideas. Um, Feel Free to Feel Free is a compilation of all my Instagram posts, and Putting Wings on Ideas is a book about how information travels and what becomes popular on the internet and why. So to start with Feel Free to Feel Free, um, you, like you said, it's a collection of your, all your Instagram posts. You're, you said the first 400, correct? Right, right, um, yep. So how did you get into doing this? Like, uh, how did you get into starting these Instagram posts, these one-liners, things you post, and then how did you create it into a book? Like, where did this all start from? Um, so I think maybe three years ago at this point, I had an Instagram called Ideas I Had. And it was the same thing as this, just one-liners that I would post, but they were more scrambled. I just come out of college and having a lot of high thoughts and they're all off the wall I'd watch like a cartoon and just write something crazy. But then eventually I quit my job and decided I want to become a real writer and try to write an actual book. And for a long time, as I'm trying to write this book, I'm looking for publishers and all of the publishers are telling me, you got to be famous on the internet, dude. You need to have followers. If we're going to publish your book, we want to already know that you have people who are interested in reading your stuff. I'm like, I'm like being a pure writer over here. I just want to be left alone. Let me sit at my desk with my keyboard and just work. But fast forward, I turned that Instagram into advice for artists. I said, all right, fine, let's do this. Let's see if social media can work. I really wanted to stay off of it, but yeah. And since then over the last year, it's become a really cool community. You're a really beautiful place where a lot of different artists from musicians to filmmakers, to singers, writers, dancers, you name it, come. And yeah, now it is what it is today. Yeah. Um, 
So I've, I've talked to a, a bunch of people who have mixed feelings on social media, like you were saying, like, I'm guessing one of the reasons you wanted to stay off, obviously, I don't want to speak for you, but like, there is like a danger to social media, obviously, as there is everything. But um, right. uh, I think social media can be like, when it's used correctly, like you said, it could be a really cool community. Like I said, like me talking to you right now is strictly right. through social media. Um, and so what I've learned doing this podcast, you know, I kind of, I, I tell um, my guests sometimes that like, I kind of fell into it, you know, it didn't really, it kind of like, I kind of just did it one day and then it just kind of kept going, you know? And but what I've learned is like through social media, you can meet like the coolest people and everyone has a story to tell. So I don't know if you feel that way, but definitely you say like singers. Absolutely. Uh, they all come together and you like, you learn from a lot of people. So that's where I, I really do. I think that social media is like a beautiful tool, you know? Um, so that's what you were saying about uh, like how you started and everything. Were you always like inclined to writing or was it just art in general, like being the creative process in general, or was like writing your first love? Um, writing is something that, so I got very lucky. After I went to college, I got a job at Complex Magazine, which is a hip hop magazine. And I was in social media writing tweets for them and hanging out and being around a lot of writers for the first time. I didn't know what writing was. Writing is something from school. It's what your teacher makes you do. That's as much as I knew. But being around these guys, I saw this is a really real profession. And eventually I got the knack. I started to write some articles myself. They did well. And it inspired me to try to go off on my own and become a writer. Now, in retrospect, it's something I look back at through like high school. And as a kid, I always had like a big mouth. I was always very talkative and I loved communicating. So was writing my first love? No, but kind of yes. So it's, it's like a skill I found later that I could have developed all along. And yeah, so really cool in that way. Now, as far as art, how I got into art, um, my first book was about how things go viral. And that was a fascinating question to me. I wanted to know why certain YouTube videos were more popular than others, certain music. And in doing that, after I got behind the statistics and the algorithms, like forget YouTube and, or Instagram algorithms, why is the Beatles popular? Why is Coca-Cola popular? Like just in general, even before the internet. And it came down to looking at great artists. Ultimately it came down to Scorsese and the Beatles and trying to delve into their story. And as I fall into their story, I realize art itself is the coolest subject matter. That just bar none is what is just a great ripe field that someone could write about. And so I got lucky. I fell into it. So when you were doing this, like um, almost research about uh, why things go viral and, and looking at the great artists, did you find right. anything that set great artists apart from like mediocre and very ill-talented uh, artists? <laughs> um, so what makes them popular is different from, I think, what sets them apart as far as greatness or um, just overall. Like I can say Scorsese to you or John Lennon, and we don't even have to discuss or know their work intimately to know, man, all right, those are great guys. Uh, what separates them? It'd be a few things. I'm going to go with, and, and I've written about this before. I'm going to go with the most basic answer is they love their work. So Scorsese, forget Scorsese and his discography or his filmography. 
if you just talk to the man about movies, if somehow you could have a conversation with him at a bus stop and you didn't know it was him, he would talk your ear off about movies. He's just, he loves that. So that's, and the same thing about John Lennon and songwriting. That's just, he, he can break down songs to you all day that you'd be like, all right, please dude, shut up. Like this is too nerdy for me. But because they love their subject matter, I think that's what, that's like the key ingredient that you'd be like, oh, his charisma or his uh, connections or whatever else. I think it always comes down to the fact that they love it. Um, yeah, I think very little philosophy, little philosophical thing. Um, I always see these like little clips of Alan Watts. And I think one of the things he said is you got to realize that you're not working, you're playing. And that's what makes me think of when you're saying mm, yeah. like, some of the greatest people are like playing, but they're create like they're working, you know? And I think what right. sets people apart in any subject or like any job, any, anything that you have to do to honestly create like success and wealth almost is that you have to separate the, um, the action of working with like the action of having fun. And I think a lot of what they do is they have fun while they work and they kind of merge them together instead of separating it, you know? Absolutely. That, that's really what it is. And easier said than done in certain professions. I don't know how much fun an electrician has or a carpenter. Maybe they have, maybe there's like fun to be found there, but certainly you, you're a podcaster, you, these conversations, you want them to be fun. You want to walk away from the conversation and be like, damn, that was crazy. We just had this outrageous conversation with a stranger. That was awesome. And if, if you can find that feeling in your profession, you've got an open road ahead of you. Definitely. Um, one of my favorite things about doing this podcast that I did not know was going to happen was meeting people for the first time like this. Like, I mean, obviously we're not in person, we're over zoom and everything, but like talking to someone for the first time, it's really cool, especially in like, in this, this like, cause it is an art form. Podcasting is an art form. It's just a really different type of art form. It's like a, because it's hard to hold a conversation with someone longer than the usual conversation with first meeting someone. So what I've learned is when you're actually asking questions that are actually interesting you, like interesting to you, sure. um, some of the coolest like ideas come out, you know? And so here's a question I have for you. So like you said, you're big into like art and films. Could you give me and like the listeners an example of like a film that you would say is like sets apart from all other films and just like, it's like, like, not like it's perfection, but like just like because of the way it's structured and everything. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of great films out there. A lot of like wonderful films that are one of one. Um, my favorite films, I love all of Scorsese films. I love, I just saw Wolf of Wall Street for the first time in years, like a month ago. That film was great. That film is so good. It's so long. Uh, all the characters are amazing and the writing is great. It's just like an insane experience that I remember when I was in the theater, there was like a family in front of me, mom and like four 10 year olds. Within like three scenes, the mom picked them all up and got out of the theater. Cause it was just that outrageous. Like, but as far as a film that like really sets itself apart, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid is a great film. My neighbor Totoro studio Ghibli I feel like the films that set themselves apart are really good at being themselves. The film is a weird thing because you need to get so many different things, right? As a writer, if I want to write a great book that I think is perfect, I can just sit in my room and do that. And I can spend all the time in the world at it. But if you want to get a great film that appears perfect on on screen, 
You need the actors. You need the wardrobe. You need the scriptwriter to be great. And how a filmmaker like Scorsese does it again and again, that's just beyond me. I don't know how he's ma- managed to coordinate all those elements together. I would think that it's really hard to, like, once you're at that level, to keep, like, films great. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you, like right. maybe you can get Leo on films, and you also think you're – you, maybe your cast is like just absolutely outstanding, but like I would say, like it's still hard to like create something perfect or near perfection every single time, you know, in anything. Um, and right. some, some of those big filmmakers, and even some of the like big um, musicians and painters, like they they cease to like fail, like they really never fail. And when they do fail, it's a very it's like it's a fail to them, and it's not really a fail to the audience. True, true. Yeah, th- those are the unicorns. Those are just, those are the people who they got interested when they were young. They got the encouragement they needed. Martin Scorsese managed to get a film made when he was 19. If he discovered he was Martin Scorsese at 35, a lot harder to do it then. But yeah, those, those are the people that, you know, that you could find a whole shelf of books on them at the bookstore. Those are the people who just go above and beyond. One other thing that fascinates me with like art and like all creative um, endeavors is this idea that, um, so I make, I've made music like my entire life and not to like release it. I don't really release music. I just make it because I love doing it. Um, And that's kind of how the podcast started was Mike. And then I was making music and one day I just started talking, but um, there's something that happens when you're in that creative process that like you almost lose track of time, you know, and it's just like you're in pure bliss and like when something it's like all clicking and everything and like it just feels perfect. And I don't think like, yeah, sports are kind of like that. Like obviously I play football and like I, ha- I love sports and everything, but I've never felt the, the feeling you get when like you're creating like something through like, like art and like, like the, the moment of like time almost stopping and just being like pure bliss, like pure, like almost like a dopamine rush. Do you know what I'm talking about? Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why do you think that happens? I mean, obviously this is a very philosophical question, but why do you think like you get lost in like things of, of like natural beauty like that? If I had to guess, it would be because you're able to coordinate so many different talents and interests in one moment. You're at the piano, you're making something up, you're freestyling and each note, each 45 second riff that you go off of is in some way, shape or form, like a collection of things you've heard, stuff that you love plus spontaneous invention. And the fact that if we could see a a map of the brain, and you could see it light up the different neural networks, you would see, damn, well, it's doing something. You'd almost see like beautiful music up there, just like you're tapping the keys. You'd see little networks light up and it'd be like, I don't, I guess that's why it feels so good because you're using your brain just like an athlete who for 45 minutes is not on earth. They're just moving, being spontaneous. That's very, um, it feels good to, to work out. It feels good to be exercised, whether that's physical or mental. So I don't know the answer either. And I wish neurologists would catch up. Like I would love the answer more to go down another layer in specificity. But if I had to guess, that's what it is. You're asking a lot of yourself and that feels good. Yeah. I like that. Um, another thing that like is, is like really crazy with like 
even athletics, like people like people who tend to like dream things, like they can create them in like the like real life. And sometimes they don't even know that they dreamt them. Like I, I'm pretty sure I heard before that John Lennon dreamt uh, a couple of his songs, like, and he would like just wake oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. And like, and other people like, are like, my friend's a, he's an artist, like um, he draws and he paints and like, I know like painters and stuff, like they'll like see something like a painting and then they'll like wake up and paint it. And so it's always fascinates me. Like your yeah, that's own cool. mind can like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, just like the creative neurons firing for things you've seen. Like you said, just like putting a collection of everything and spontaneous invention too. Or if it's just like some like wiring that like some people get and some people don't get, you know, of like this creative, like, just almost creations like they just can just like see into like almost another realm like one of the cool things about paintings that i've always seen is it's like and you could say the same photo uh like for photos but like it's a little different because it's actual like reality and things like that you can edit and stuff but like painting is like you're looking through somebody's soul of what they saw like paintings of things usually it's like a true artist and a true painter can like mm. can sure, sure. manifest a painting into like a certain way that the like even the audience can have an individual like feeling like not the same as any other person you know what i mean absolutely yeah painting is something i'd like to get more into um but yeah i've, I've been to the museum a few times and you'll look and you'll especially for me a non-painter to look at a huge canvas with a huge vista and to think to myself Someone really sat and appreciated the hell out of this wheat field. Someone really enjoyed the way the Browns shifted across the acre, sat there, concentrated their really specific talent of painting and knowing how to move little liquid on a canvas to such a degree that now me, who never been to that field, I really can't appreciate painting technique, but I can sit there and get a spiritual experience out of it. So... Yeah, that, that's kind of the beauty of art in general is, is the artist to be able to interpret something and to be able to display it in a way that we're not all going to walk to the wheat field at sunset. But I, as an artist, can interpret that, concentrate it into a painting, and now everybody in New York City walking by the MoMA can enjoy it. So paintings are a weird one. And just like everything is a weird one for me too because like I'm colorblind. So everyone's always, oh, like, really? yeah. So everyone's like, I mean, it's just, I'm just red green. I mean, it's pretty, like, I'm pretty, like pretty colorblind. It's like, I'm pretty, like, it's pretty strong, but like, it's the normal one that most people get, you know, it's like the one in 10 people are red, green, colorblind. So it's not like very different, but it's like, people always tell me like my girlfriend and my, one of my best friends last night, we were just hanging out and like, they're like, I want to buy you the glasses, the Enchroma glasses for like the colorblind. <laughs> like you need to see real life. And like, what do you see? And like, one of the first <laughs> questions people ask me when I tell them I'm colorblind, they're like, well, what color is this? Well, what color is this? And I'm like, well, it's, uh -huh. I know the colors. I'm not dumb. I just, my colors are different than yours. And so I always wonder like, um, if I do get those glasses or like, what do you, like the way you guys feel about colors is probably so much differently than the way that I experience colors, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Cause people always, I, I'm never, no, go. I was going to say, I, I want the glasses to see what you see. Like I would love that. I, I can't, imagine what that really means i get logically what colorblind is but what does it experience like i don't know yeah that's that's the tricky part of it it's it's because it's like uh, and then my friend brought up he was like like what do you like what language or like 
like if you're thinking in your head, if you're deaf from birth, like how do they think? Do they have a voice in their head? Well, that's true. And I was like, maybe they have like signs in their head, but it's like how like we yeah. hear a voice. Like you can't really see things when you're thinking. Like you can and right. like, so I'm I'm like maybe they think in like different senses. I would guess like, maybe smell. I don't know. I it's it's it kind of fascinates me. Yeah, that's interesting. That reminds me, I, I saw a YouTube video with somebody who was blind and he explained, he was being asked what confuses you about the seeing world, what things are, is hard for you to fathom. And he says, I think most things I understand, it's not that crazy, but one thing I never wrapped my head around was you guys say that you can draw on paper. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, but you can draw a 3D car on a piece of paper. He's like, what does that look like? I can't fathom that. And it's funny to us because it's just like, you know, we're picturing a car. It's a picture of a car or a drawing. But to his mind, he's like, that. it's like the, it's almost like a wordplay puzzle, like 3D car, 2D paper. It doesn't compute. So I don't know. You know, that, that's a great question about what do deaf people think? How do they think rather? Yeah, it's. Or like, like say, I don't know if this is a thing people have, but like say you have never smelt, like you can't smell. Like right. they're, first off, their tastes would be completely different because half of our tastes are like our smells. But also like everything is different. Like how you experience like, like, I mean, everyone's walked past someone who's not smelling the greatest and been like, you know, or like walked by a sewer or something. And then you've walked past right. things that smell absolutely phenomenal, like a croissant or something, you know, pizza yeah. cooking. And you're like, you just like smelling it and you're like, you're experiencing something that you can only experience if you smell. And so like, right. it'd be like trying to describe like how things smell to someone who like can't smell. Totally. They totally. wouldn't know. They wouldn't know the different like if they've never been able to smell like if they were able to smell at one point it'd be like the same thing with like seeing or hearing but it'd be it'd be like any of the senses like if you can't feel things either it'd be like trying to explain someone what it's like to feel things would be extremely hard right freaking i read a long time ago as a kid sharks have eight or eleven senses what the hell does that mean it's <laughs> like you know i think one of them was electromagnetic like something about water currents, mm -hmm. but to us, I'm like, what else you got? You know, I got the ears, the eyes, like how many more realms of sensation could there possibly be? But like you said, someone who doesn't smell, it would seem like, what do I need that for? I don't get it. But to us, we're like, no, smelling's great. It's super cool. And maybe the shark is thinking the same thing. This reminds me of like, like the 2d versus like 3d argument. Like we live in 3d. So if you like, if you like have a pa piece of paper on like a flat plane, like if you just have a flat plane and you like drop like an ant in that, he only exists through that plane, you know, like obviously he's right. a 3d being, but like, say you drop someone into a 2d, they wouldn't understand how we could like stack things up. Or like, uh -huh. They like the thing would just disappear. And yeah. so like, that's the same thing. If like, cause there's like, I don't know, 11 dimensions, I think they said. So like the fourth dimension, like whatever, it would be time travel. I think like, we, we can't fathom that because like we can't do right. that so it's like right. it's almost like and then it gets into a thing this is then it starts making me think about this like back to what i was saying about artists like can they people who create like unimaginable beauty 
Like, can they tap into something that most people cannot? Right. Like, are they able to, do they have another sense, like a sixth sense, you know? Do they have another sense of like seeing true beauty that most people cannot see? Right, right. I don't know. They sure damn make it look like that. That's for sure. Like me, I'm more, I'm more, I guess, like scientific or grounded. I don't really have strong beliefs about anything outside of what we can know for sure. But at the same time, the Lennons and the Scorseses, and like you say, their work is so perfect for so long, you damn near want to say, all right, you guys are a vessel. It's coming to you from another dimension. That's, it's, not, it's just too much. It's too good. Yeah, it's, there's something that it, – it's crazy how it's a universal thing. Like true beauty and true like art is like a universal thing. Like, I mean, obviously some people are like, oh, that's ass, you know, whatever. But like, if you see something, most people would be like, holy, like that is really beautiful, you know, and have like an emotional experience through them. And it's like a universal thing. It's almost like you hear a really good song and you like can feel it almost. And you want to play it over and over again. And you just like can feel the music. Um, It's almost the same thing like that. Or you watch a film, you're like, that's my favorite film of all time. Like um, one of my favorite films, I was just talking um, to a history major about this was 1917. Did you see that? No, my, my girlfriend was telling me about it though. She said she loved it. It's like all, it's two scenes technically, but it's basically all one scene and the way it's filmed is just so like perfect, honestly. Like I, you can't, yeah. you can't make that up. Like the feelings you get from being in like an IMAX theater, you know, just like watching this movie like take place, it, all of that. It's like, it's a universal thing and that's why humans love it so much, but it's crazy to be on the other end of like the creation of it. Right. Right. Yeah. That's just some, that's some dope. That's the movie about a brother having to send a message to his brother in a different army camp and he's got to like run through the trenches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's funny because I often get messages on Instagram and people will ask, what art do you do? And I always think it's funny because I just write, that's the one art I do. And I'll think that's really apparent because I write all this stuff. But they maybe, I guess from what they read, they think I'm maybe I'm a musician or a painter or what have you. But I'm just a writer and writing is what I know best. And that's where so many of my theories and experiences come from. They happen to relate to more people. But when it comes to how a film gets made, how a painting gets made, et cetera, et cetera, I don't know how to dance. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it feels like to hit a high note. You know, there's, I only back to your point about the universalness, it's cool as hell that my theories about creativity can relate to other people. But at the same time, you want to ask me how a good movie has the chemical X. I really don't know personally. You know, I, I don't know. Like we, we'd be better off talking to a filmmaker. Like I'm sure they could give us some more insight on, no, well, that's actually a pain in the ass. I have to go get the, the ladder, stick the camera up top. Got to get out my tape measure. I actually have a notebook of equations. Well, I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. New world. Yeah, the cool thing about art like that too is that it, um, um, it like anything can become an art. Like we have the universal arts that we were talking about, but like even cooking can become an art form. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Like any craft you're doing can become an art form. Like even like I said that thing about sports and how it's different, but really, it's an art form. Like they're just more physically inclined than most people, but it's an art form. Like right. To be able to like. I'll give an example of like curry. 
for the the way that he can, can just shoot threes like that, like nobody ever before. He's insane. I, that's an I, art I, to do that, to have perfect form every time. So have just I, like, that's an art form. And I always like the, I don't know if you see this on like Twitter or anything, but like the, whenever like a big shot happens, they always put like father shuts my hands by Kanye behind it and like slow motion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah. One that comes to mind is the Kawhi shot over um, Joel Embiid. And I'm like, and Yo. it just like, it makes you feel like intense. Cause you can see all the fans like holding their breath and it's like, yeah. in reality, that's not in slow motion. But uh, it feels like it in that moment when you're watching that. It really feels like in that moment right. of the game, it feels like right. slow motion. Yeah, that's cool. That's art capturing a feeling. And now you can relive it through that meme on Twitter. And you're like, wait, that was the feeling. Like I was there live. Like that's really what it was like. It didn't come across in real time on footage. But in, in my real time, that's actually what it felt like. Father stretched my hands. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool to like, it also like, not that it's the greatest, but you can also be like trapped when you have a bad feeling too. Like time, like literally stops it when like art hurts you. Like, I guess I can give the sports example again. Like at the end of a game, your kicker's on the line. He misses a kick that can feel like, like to go to the Super Bowl. Sure. that can feel like a thousand years and me being like a kicker. Yeah. So everything like that, I know what it's like to be there, but it, it just hurts so much more because it's like, you get to this, like almost like this bond with like, like human beings that you don't even really know. And that's the same for like musicians or like uh, even filmmakers and actors and things like that. You don't really know them, but you like idolize them in a sense. And when they like, when they let you down, it hurts. Yeah. Like, like, you know them and you like, like they're your friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just thinking before this about LeBron and how he just won the chip and he's great. He's amazing. And how everybody dogged him when he went to the heat after playing in Cleveland. And I was thinking, imagine if Curry was on a team all these years without clay and Iguodala and was the greatest shooter we'd ever seen, but was always losing in the second round of the playoffs because his team was trash you would feel that same thing, this damn, like we all believe in this man and we know he has the potential, but you're collectively constantly being like, fuck, lost by five, fuck, he got injured, there's no one else to score, no second option. And yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's incredible how people can connect like that to other people's achievements and want just as much for them as they do. Um. A cool thing about that is um, like, or I guess it's not really that cool, but it's uh, like a phenomenon that happens is like, that's kind of what busts are. Like you get this emotional attachment to a player that you think is going to be like, has all this potential and then just like lets you down. Like realistically, like what did you have on the line? But like, that's when people get all heated about busts. It's because like they had high hopes for this one person, like to be the savior of their team or something like that. And and they let them down. So like, in a sense, that's kind of what a bust is. It's like everyone's throwing their chips on black eight and it tends to be, and it doesn't hit, you know? Yeah. Sports is a funny one because say the connection with art is a little more pure in the sense you could see it a little more clearly, I think, but in sports, you could hate a LeBron for leaving, even though realistically he just, all he did was add value to your experience as a fan. Like he didn't, you didn't lose anything, but like you say, you invest expectations and 
Whereas I really don't have expectations for Scorsese. Like he can't win a championship or anything, but for LeBron, you're like, dang, if it wasn't a chip, now I'm upset. Objectively, that don't make any sense. We we went to the playoffs when we never been, but dude, we were supposed to we were supposed to get there together, and and now I did. We didn't get there. Yeah, um, yeah. Sports sports are a funny one, uh, but back to like art and what you do. Do these mm-hmm. like one liners and this advice? Like, do you think about them? Do you like meditate on them for a while and then you post them like three months later? You like get a collection of them, or does they just come naturally to you? Um, that's a good question, and the answer I would say in the last year has changed. When I first started writing five years ago, everything was very painstaking, and I would meditate a lot more than I do now. I you'd catch me in bed, read a book sit there, close it, think, uh, open it, read more. I did that for a long time. And yeah, those, those one-liners took a lot of me acquainting myself with the world, correlating patterns, trying to find similarities, and then concluding and then creating a one-liner. But as of recently, over the last few years, I've gotten, as I've become more comfortable in what I do, and the topics I talk about now they do come to me more easily. I can just see something and be like, Oh, you can do it too. If you read, feel free to feel free. And it's one liner after the next, you go through a hundred, which takes about five minutes. You're feeling a rhythm of a type of thought. You're like, Oh, a museum is a genius who is a hoarder. Boom. Walking is meditation with a view. Boom you start to see a pattern in how one-liners or insights sound and your brain just kind of like when you, you watch a skateboard video and you want to go skate, you can kind of do that yourself. So I don't know. I think I just have that permanently now. Like now I just know what they feel like in general. So it's easier now than it was in the past. Yeah. um, That makes sense. Cause you're just getting better at it. Like as you do things more, you get better at it. And and even thinking's like thinking is the same thing. Like as you start to think more and, and, uh, and think in a certain way, I always think of the brain as like a a user, a loser. I've always heard that. It's like, if you use Mm -hmm. it, it gets stronger. And if you have a bad habit and you stop using it, it's really easy to lose it. So the brain's cool in that way. Like if you want to do something and get better at it, you just got to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I think is, is insane is that how fast things can change, you know, and like, like, like that, like I, so when I ordered my mic, cause I didn't have a mic, I ordered a mic for making music like I was talking about. And one day it was like, it was messing up and it was really loud and I couldn't really like make the music that I wanted to. So I just sat down and I started rambling one day and I just posted it. And now where I'm at, like it's growing super fast and like it's fast and I'm getting cool guests on like yourself and everything and really positive figures. And it, it, it happened really in a matter of a month, you know? And so I always tell people like, if you want to do something, like whether you want to play guitar, skateboard, snowboard, anything you want to do, just start it and then see what happens. Like you just, the hard part is being bad at something. You know, that's like the hardest part <laughs> is like getting yourself to let yourself be bad at something. Right, right. That's that's a fascinating I think that's a very popular topic nowadays trying to comprehend what keeps us back from doing something that we want to start. 
And, it, and it's, it's funny because in, in my life up to this point, that had never been a topic. Like as a kid, if I wanted to try chess, I'm in fourth grade. I don't know anything about the game. Oh, just give me. Let, just, okay, what does the horse do? Oh, I never played football. Let's play. Like as a kid, you encounter and interact with so many activities that as an adult, it seems at least just from memes and the internet, there's now a new block in people's mind where, oh, I suck at chess. I can't possibly. And I'm like, well, you just started a half hour ago. It's all good. You know, like it's all, it's gravy. But like you're saying, you just got to be okay with being bad. And that, that's, that's like its whole own conversation. What, what, what allows one person to feel comfortable attempting something, being okay with the fact that they suck because that's what they should be feeling. And another person like is very distressed by the fact that they're a beginner at something they just began. The thing that like blows my mind is that that really doesn't happen. Not that when you're not like when you're a kid, but like with things that, you know, like you're not going to make money off of, like nobody cares if you're really bad at basketball, you just want to get cardio in. You're going to go shoot for a little bit and play uh, play basketball or like video games. Kids don't care if they're bad at video games. When they start, they'll just grind or even like adults, like they'll just grind. You know, they don't care if they're bad at first because they will get better. But when you start to talk to someone about um, like something they could possibly do for a living, you know, something right, that right. you're interested in doing for a living. They're like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Like, I got to have a stable job. And it's like, you're going to be bad at something when you start it. It's just kind of how things work. You're not like, I mean, mm-hmm. you're not like, hate to say you're not John Lennon, but you could find your own thing, you know, like, like sure. some people are gifted and some people like know what they want to do, but some people like you just got to start something and then you'll find your way. Absolutely. No, that's a great point that that's probably the secret to what I was getting at is, if you psych yourself out by putting pressure on yourself, Oh, it has to be my profession or what are people going to think as opposed to just doing it in your living room? Cause you're killing time on a Saturday that it's, it, you're right. That's kind of where that, that blockage comes from. And it's, yeah. And it's really only cause people are afraid to like, like whether or not their friends are going to take them seriously or people are going to hate them or like, People are going to hate right. you, bro. Like, I mean, you do, you do advice for artists and I'm sure there's people out there who are like, God, I hate this guy. Or like, <laughs> it's just the way of life. Like people are not going to yeah. like you and some people are not going to be fans of yours and that's okay. But if you want to do something, you only got at max really 80 years on this earth. So don't waste 35 of them not doing something you want to do. Right. I, I surprised myself a lot when I started to write putting wings on ideas and I would get books, I would look up, say, a quote book with John Lennon quotes, or, oh, Scorsese actually has a book he wrote about his movies, get that. And as I'd read, I'd think up new ideas, write down little theories, and over the course of months, as I did that over and over, and the chapters are growing in my book, I thought to myself, anybody could do this. I'm not doing anything that is like that superhuman or that special. It takes time and dedication, but otherwise it's a very approachable activity. Think about stuff. Like I said, sit cross-legged in your bed, read something interesting, sit and think about it. It just took a goddamn long time to become comfortable enough where now I have an Instagram and I can post every day and I don't have to worry about running out of stuff because now I can do it. But I don't know. Yeah. Stuff is more approachable than people think. Um, I've always been like, like yourself, talkative, pretty loud. So, I mean, this fits me perfectly. Um, but 
you know, I still have like not stage fright when I was growing up and stuff, but I would still get a little nervous, like talking to someone new or like just even talking to someone like in the grocery store, you know, you, you like, you don't know them, you know? Um, sure. what I'm finding doing this is like, I don't really get nervous like to like to do these anymore because like I've done, I'm doing so many and it's just fun now. And two, like, I'll just have a conversation with someone like when I see them around and like be nice. Cause like, why not? There right. could be like, like I was, we were talking to this guy, uh, he was working at the grocery store and he was like moving around and he had a lot of positive energy coming off of him and me and my girlfriend pulled up and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I looked at his jacket and I was like, Hey, I really like your jacket. And I was giving like a compliment. I was just had a conversation with him. And like, when I left, I could see a smile on his face and my girlfriend was like looking at me and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, like might as well be nice to someone, you know, like, like you, that guy's day is going to be way better. You know, it's better than me being like that jacket's stupid, you know? And there are people like that. People tend to be more negative to people they don't know than positive. And I think the more positivity you can give out, um, I don't know if you like, I mean, I'm sure you're the same is like, way better than just being negative all the time. Cause it's really easy to be cynical. Cynical um, brings friends, but like, you know, shooting out some positivity every now and then to people who might need it, you know, it's, it's always a good thing to do. Absolutely. I think you're getting at something interesting that is unique to our generation in that for the first time, just by virtue of things I see on Twitter, whether it's talking about social justice or empathy for minorities I think our generation, kind of like the generation of the 60s, we're thinking a lot more about how people feel. For the first time, we care about mental health. Do you feel anxious? I'm not just going to say do it anyway. We're going to have a conversation and try to learn more about your relationship to this activity. And that's a beautiful thing. And it, it speaks a lot the fact that you can share that thought casually, just like, oh, yeah, duh, be nice to people. Start up conversations with friendly people in the past that would that would make you like a weirdo that would be like such a strange thing for someone to say explicitly it's like okay sure but nowadays i love the dialogue that our generation has as far as those topics we care a lot more and we're a lot more open about that caring yeah i'm excited to see what this generation does uh in the future it's gonna be weird because it's like technology based and it's gonna be way different than it's ever been before but i'm excited because i think like you said we're kind of a compassionate group and um, right, right. I think we realize that like, not even just compassion, like sometimes like people are dicks and that's fine. But I think we're realizing that no matter what, people are humans, you know, we're all humans. We're all, we all got this. Sure. And that the way to not, I don't want to say utopia, but um, the way to like a better society is through being better and positive. And, you know, I always say like, you know, whether or not you believe in good and evil, there is good and there is evil. So might as well be good. You know, might as well, like, you can't be good all the time. We're all humans. We're imperfect, but might as well be positive. At least, you know, you see something sure. as a, um, like COVID, for example, it's hurt so many lives. And I'm not saying that like, look, be po super positive. If you lost someone in your life that you love, but you know, don't think that everything that happens to you, that's negative is a negative. You know, you can take things, you can learn from them. You can grow from them and, it's a really, it's a really important tool. If you can like learn how to take something that's just so shitty, especially if like it's shitty to your family and you can be the positive one and be like, Hey, you know, and you can change it up, you know? Right. Damn hard to do, especially COVID related, but it's that philosophical concept is true in general. It's true in general. If you could just try to There will be a day in the future after a bad event that you look back on it 
and you feel some wisdom from it. You're able to handle it better the next time. So the sooner you can make that future day now, like if you can just come to that conclusion sooner than later, you will feel better about it. So yeah, it's a great strategy. Uh, thinking about it and acting versus reacting. My coach always says that. He's always like, that's mm, right. a way to tranquility almost. Cause like we're all pissed off cause we're not playing football right now because of COVID True. You know? and we might True. get our spring True. season. They pushed it to spring. And so we, we might get that canceled. And so we're all like, you know, antsy and trying to play and everything. But um, Damn. like I, like I said, my podcast is doing like well now and it's, and it's, and I'm, I'm growing a fan base and everything. And, and it's, and it's, you know, I wouldn't have had that if I played football right now. I would, sure, sure. I would not have been this lucky to have, have uh, had uh, the, the positives that in my life that have happened this last month. So, you know, if a month ago, if you would have asked me about how I felt about COVID and, you know, football, I've been pissed. And if you ask me now, I'm like, well, you know, I, I see how it's going right now. Ask me in two more months, you know. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's great. My girlfriend, she's a florist, but because there's no weddings and events, there's no florist industry, but she's going back to school for engineering. And that's incredible. She's like, had I stayed as a florist for a long time, I think I would have eventually realized that that career couldn't get me what I wanted in life. And I might've had to try to do this later down the road. But now that I have all this time to think and my industry has been forced to be shut down. I can realize, damn, I can get a head start on something else that's more better than what I was doing before. Yeah. It's life's weird. Life's crazy. You just gotta keep, keep moving forward and see what happens. You know, keep, keep doing things that make you happy and, and chances are it will work out some for some time for you. Like, you know, here's another thing that I'm going to say to people. Um, a lot of people lost their lives. Not, I mean, well, yeah, lives, but jobs mainly right now. Um, and, you know, maybe they didn't like those jobs, you know, the entire time they worked them, you know, then maybe this is an opportunity for people to realize, like, I didn't even want to do that. I was going to be stuck there my entire life. And now I can actually be own a dog company, dog walking company, something, you know, like something you actually have a passion for. And so this is what I'm going to say. If, if you're listening to this right now and you're, getting hit so hard right now and you want to do something, try doing it. That's what I'm going to say. Just try doing it. And if it doesn't work out, probably not gonna work out for a while because it's hard to, to create something, but just try doing something that you've been putting off because you're scared. All right, man. How is it that your podcast had had some success recently? Was there, was it shouted out by someone? Was it just organically picking up speed? Like you have any idea how that happened? So I think it's a combination of all of them. Uh, I think at first, so I obviously like promote myself. I started promoting myself more on like Instagram and things like that. Um, but I think what it really is, is that um, one guy, it's like I'm on Apple podcast and Spotify now. So it's, there's a, there's a more of a market, like people always have those on their phones. So if I give them a link and they take it, right. They have it's more, easy. And more inclination to listen. And I think actually that, I am having a lot of fun with it. So my conversations, like this is a great conversation are being good. And they're a good right. conversations. So people are listening and not that they're getting hooked, but they're like liking what they're hearing. Um, some of my uh, like friends who I'm not really close with, you know, I would say they're more of acquaintances have been hitting me up and like, been saying like, I really like your podcast. It keeps me entertained, all that stuff. I'm going to share. And they've been sharing it to other people. And then, wow. and so I think um, 
people and then people are coming across it and they're listening and everything. So I think it's just a combination of factors. I, I'm not going to say that I'm like huge or anything, you know, but like it's, there's an upward trajectory for sure. And so I think it's a combination of just like people that I know, like actually taking the time instead of just being like you know, podcast, you know, and actually listening to it and like seeing if they actually like it or not. And, um, and then share, people sharing it to their friends. And also uh, what's really cool about these um, apps like Spotify and stuff like that, they get like they they recommend you to people you know that you don't even know. So like a couple months ago or not like a, two days ago, my second biggest country of listeners was Finland. I don't know anyone from Finland, but Finland people from Finland were listening. So I think it's just a combination of factors using social media and people just taking the time to like not just blow me off, you know. I can't hear you. Hold on, you froze for a sec. Hey, and you cut off for the last bit of that. Okay. So basically I was just saying that, um, uh, my second biggest country of listeners was Finland. And like, I don't know anyone from Finland, but like they were listening. And so I think it's, I was just saying, I think it's just a combination of things. I think it's, uh, you know, me marketing myself on social media and people just not blowing me off, you know, actually taking the time to listen. Right. How do you, how do you reach out to guests? Obviously you found me via Instagram, but how else? How else have you found guests? You know, sometimes people hit me up on social media and they're like, Hey, I really like what you're doing. Uh, uh, you know, let's work sometime, you know, maybe they're not the hugest, but like they're decently sized. Um, if people are right. like trying to promote themselves, like whether they make music or like I know them and they and they're maybe they're not that big, but like, I like them. I'll, I'll just ask them as a friend be like, Hey, come on. Um, or I'll reach out through like, business inquiries, emails, things like that. People who I'm really interested in to picking their brain. So I just, I mean, mainly through social media, but lately um, people have been actually like hitting me up. So like, that's cool as hell. Yeah. So like um, I've been like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, if, if I'm interested, yeah. Like, um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of people who just want to use, use me and like have me pay for their, their products that hit me up, you know, and I'm just like, whatever, I just blow them off. But there's a lot of people sure. who actually are like, Hey, let's work together. You know, I'm seeing your, your, um, you're trying to promote this. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, if there's people like you or like people that I come across of randomly on Instagram or something, I'll definitely reach out myself. Um, but you know, lately I've been just kind of, whatever happens happens people hit me up i hit them yeah. up you know and then and then i like set times so i only release two a week so i hold on to some so there if i like obviously i'm probably not going to do a lot of podcasts on christmas eve christmas or you know um new year's eve <clears throat> new year's but uh i'll have podcasts to uh to release like i'll release this one next tuesday so like people will be waiting and like maybe they don't even know that I did this until next Tuesday. It's just an easier way to, for me to like not kill myself, you know? Sure. Sure. That's cool as hell. You know, I've, this is my first podcast I've been on. I've never listened to a podcast before. And now that I'm involved in this conversation and you're telling me, Oh, I do two a week. And thinking about what we're talking about, I'm like, yeah, I could see how this is totally awesome. Like, especially I'm, I'm a writer talking about X, but next week you get a musician, other week you get a professor or the amount of topics you can cover like that. That's really incredible that you're gonna have a great body of work one day. 
the cool thing about it that I didn't even know was going to happen is that most people are not like against coming on the podcast, you know, the, the, right. the worst, the, like, sometimes people just don't answer, which is fine. But like most of the, like the only really knows I've ever gotten were people who already had like contracts with other podcasts. So most people I had up, I'm like, Hey, you know, if you're ever down, come on. And they'd be like, okay. Uh, sometimes they're like, I'm really busy right now, but I'm definitely down. And then they'll hit me up later. And they're like, yeah, I want to come on. I'm listening. I listen to some podcasts. Like, I, yeah. Some people maybe like, don't really, um, no, because I'm not that huge. Like, I mean, it's, it's really hard to promote your Instagram page through a podcast. I'm not gonna, just going to sit here and shout myself out, you know? So, like, the podcast has a different following than my Instagram page. But um, people, some people are like, eh, you know, and then they actually, like, listen, like, yeah. But a cool thing about podcasts and, like, not to say, like, mine's cool or anything, but, like, a lot of podcasts are, like, spe- like super specific to like one niche niche um right. mine's not at all and like i don't know yeah. if you know who joe rogan is but joe rogan right. is the biggest podcast and his is just kind of have everyone on they just kind of pick each other's brains and stuff and that's kind of what i emulated but it's also my different style i'm also like 30 years younger than him so you know and he's also famous so it's a little different but that's kind of how the style i wanted to do is like i want to just have all different types of people on and just learn Right. I appreciate that. The style is you like the one common element. That's like where it's not like, Oh, we're just going to talk about engineering on this. We're just going to talk about whatever I woke up and wanted to talk about. And I just made sparks with this other person and we went down a rabbit hole. So if you guys want to listen, come along. The only thing is, is like at first, I mean, it's really, it's not really that like it's people are, doing it now but it was hard to get people to take me seriously at first you know when i was doing it because like you know like people who i know like i'm still really young and like and now that people are seeing like i got ranked on apple podcasts and i'm really trying to get up in that top 100 um um they're like oh like he's actually like doing this and like he's actually and so now people are like taking me more seriously which is cool but it's also like you know the cool thing about podcasts is you don't have you relate to the rap uh, I'm sorry, you cut out. What'd you say? I was gonna say now you relate to the rap songs where people are like, "Man," and I popped off, and then people switched on me. Now they hit my phone up. Now I'm so, in the top 100s on Apple, and okay, now you want to be in my podcast. So um, my friend Jake, who me and Jake have been making music for, or he's Avion. His name's Avion now because he's a rapper, but uh we've been friends for like a really long time we made music in high school and he's finally popping off right now like he's blowing up uh, and i had him on a couple episodes ago uh and i was talking to him and he was like yeah man like people who even like you like you know i'm not gonna say names he's like but like they used to hate me like now hit me up and ask me for features or like shout them out and it's like he's like i really had to really rethink my like who i am in like my life he's like because people are really just trying to like use me and stuff and i like obviously it's a little differently podcasting and music because music's way it's like way bigger yeah um but you know i can i can definitely see people like right now and i'm still getting bigger and stuff so i don't really take like when people hit me up like hey i really like it's really cool you're doing this i like that's not fake you know but it's the people who are like now wanting to get on you know when they didn't want it when i was just had two to ten listeners yeah, man. Rap songs, bro. There's more wisdom than people give them credit for. Little baby always says it. Um, but 
I think that's a good way to end it. End it. Um, thanks for coming on, man. This was a blast. I had a great time talking to you, man. No doubt, man. Likewise, likewise. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. Um, if you're ever down to come back on in the future, like I'm definitely would love to have you. It was, it was cool. super fun. Do you want to shout I'm out sure. books one time? My name is Austin Kaiser. You check me out on Instagram. My handle is at advice for artists, advice for artists, F O R not the number four. I have two books out. Feel free to feel free and putting wings on ideas. Check me out there. Thank you, Colin. Episode 29 with Austin Kaiser. Advice for artists on Instagram is now in the books. You know, remember, before you guys leave, click that subscribe button on your favorite streaming platform for updates on the Colin Demands Answer Show. Every Tuesday and Friday, we have episodes, so I can't wait to see you guys on Friday. Christmas, beautiful episode then. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay demanding.